0: Peace, love, and life, family. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I am your host, him, not them. As always, I want to give a shout-out to the ancestors, the elders, the listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. Don't mute DC. Play that song in honor of Nipsey Hussle. You know, we still mourning, but we feel better than last week. But nonetheless, we still got to pay homage to the God because his home-going ceremony was... um. A couple days ago, it was beautiful, so I figured I'd start out, not necessarily with his song, but amongst with everything that's going on in America right now, they always try to top it off with some tragedy, so before we get into before we get into tonight's installment, I had to you know shout out the whole Don't Mute DC, we'll get into that later, that song we played, BYB, Backyard Band, the Unabomber, in honor of Nipsey Hussle, excuse me, in honor of Nipsey Hussle. Multiple ways you can find this platform, iTunes slash podcast, the Anchor app, CastBox, Google Play, Spotify, my IG page, him underscore not underscore them. Type in 30Talk in the search bar, there you'll find a melanated man holding half his head up. Underneath his head is a crown. That crown represents our royalty, because I got loyalty and royalty inside my DNA. Click like, subscribe, keep up with the conversation. Let's continue to have a conversation. Drink your water, eat your greens. How we feeling? We live, we in effect, we are in full effect How we feeling tonight, good family? Allergies, you know, they trying their best to still be in season But that Claritin, get that all together, you feel me? We can't play with that Eyes get the itching, sniffling and all that So if you hear me sniffle once or twice It ain't my fault, it's the pollen's fault But other than that, we are in good spirits, good people. We are on spring break. We're approaching spring break. Excuse me. Spring break is around the corner. It gives me time to relax. People always ask, why don't you ever go on vacation on your spring break? My vacation is not doing anything, you know. I feel as though that's a time for me to unwind, unpack, you know, to get unpacked, I should say. And put my thoughts in order. Excuse me. Kind of focus more on what I need to do for myself you know, my own personal growth, because as with being an educator, you know, it's a lot of responsibility to see others grow. So I want to make sure that I delegate some time to grow myself and nurture myself and water my own plants, you know. So that's what I plan on doing with my spring break. Other than that, probably read a little bit. I have a lot of information that I want to, that I want to deliver to the family, but I have to compartmentalize it first So I don't feel as though that I'm bombarding, but it's a lot of great information. Good people, as I always remind y'all, we are in the information age. Excuse me. We are in the information age. All right. There's answers to our questions available. We just have to go and search and stop relying on outside energies, energies, entities, and sources to give that to us when we can give it to ourselves. And that's just something that I want to constantly remind us moving forward. We are now entering the second quarter of 2019, four months in. So what are we going to do with the next three months? You know, or if you want to look at it as the next four months, depending on how you break down your year. But we are four months in. And for our recap tonight, it's so many, so many topics I want to recap family. I'm just so jubilated. (laughs) I'm all over the place. I don't know where to start. Um, obviously I want to start off where we were supposed to start off last week with um, We are one year into installments, good people We are a year old 30 Talk is a year old This is my baby, this is my infant We are growing, we are nurturing We are showing compassion We are, um, you know, allowing this platform to grow in many a ways In a many a ways If anybody's a true day one listener Excuse me if anybody's a true day one listener, we started this April 5th, 2018. And last year, unfortunately, with the whole Nipsey Hustle situation presenting itself, I didn't have an opportunity to actually congratulate myself and this platform for sticking it out a whole year. Um, it was definitely some rough patches where I didn't have, where I felt as though I didn't have topics, you know. It was rough patches where I felt as though that I wasn't really disseminating the information in a manner that I felt people could receive. And I had doubts. Excuse the dog in the background. Holler at me, big homie. <laughs> I had my own doubts. I had my own fears. I had my own trans- transgressions, you know. And I felt as though that I had to muscle, muscle, and muster up the courage to continue moving, continue dropping these gems, dropping these bombs, shaking these cages, you know, not allowing the opposition to relegate or delegate what type of information we are capable of receiving. And that was always the goal, the mission, when we first started this. And now that we are a year into existence, it feels great. It it feels... I feel as though that I showed a level of consistency. A level of consistency. Just talking about myself for a second. It showed that I can be dedicated to something. It showed that even from the first installments when I used to repeat myself real heavy or before I started adding music or before I actually had sound equipment and people were still astonished about, I'm sorry, astonished from what they took from the installments, astonished by what they took from the installments, and I don't know, it makes me feel good, it makes me feel as though that I'm walking in my purpose, something that I often always talk about here is we have to find our own personal purpose, and we all have a skill, we all have a talent, we are all capable, you know, and if we, you know, take time to understand exactly what's going on, we'll feel better about ourselves. And on top of that, honestly, too, if we if we sat and if, excuse me, if we sat and thought about exactly what was going on in front of us, we would have a better understanding of our surroundings. You know, we we get tunnel vision so often we miss the the cues that can help us alleviate some pain. You know, go around some unnecessary hurdles. You feel me? And take time to do that. And thirty talk with the year of installments. I don't know. It feels great. I, you know, I'm not a loss for words. I just have so many words. I think also what 30 talk being a year old, it gave me an opportunity to look at what I want to do with the platform. How serious do I want to take it? I got people asking me now to put a visual aspect into it. So that's, I guess, next on my agenda. As far as what I feel the platform needs, I, I always, I always and I often give praise to my support team, you know, They give me topic ideas, they DM me shit, they let me know what they feel as though is important, what they feel as though is relevant for that week or that delegated time period. Because a lot of the information that I'm going to be talking about moving forward is going to be information that can stand the test of time. I don't want this platform to be a gossip corner. We ain't here for the chatty patties, you feel me? This, This platform is to receive information that you don't necessarily hear On TV or from your favorite artists or even from your favorite activists. Because a lot of times we stay in our own lane and we only get one level or one transparency of what I would like to say types of information. I know I'm old because before there were smart boards, there were um, transparencies. And Mr. Murphy in my math class had transparencies. Shout out to the Riverdale class. Y'all know who y'all are. And um, So yes, we have to start looking at multiple transparencies for information. To gather knowledge and shit like that from, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to try to throw in a lot more music because this is like, it's our anniversary, baby, you and me, you know what I'm saying? So we're trying to do, we're trying to do what is right. We're trying to make this an episode worth, you know, looking back on it be like, damn, I remember his first installments to all my day ones, you know, I appreciate y'all. So, on the other side of this break, we're going to get into a little bit more of the recap, a little bit more into the free rant, a little bit more into what we're going to talk about tonight.
1: Sitting on deuces while the blood burn. Still raping rap music cause I want more. All money yeah, it's just us for. It's just copy, it's just homie, it's just rap boy. It's just Adam, it's just black and both the fast. Where your 600 bands, where your Rovers at? Where your Cuban links, nigga, where your rollies at? Where your big booty bad bitches, with posters at? Where you hustle, where you run from the police at? Where you ever represented hope, where the hopeless at? Where you had to take an oath for you sold the sack? Dealt with all the pressure, played it like you never noticed that. Amongst it all, put yourself on the map. Turned into a booming operation, where your focus at? Where your 600 bands, where your Rovers at? You
0: You know you gotta play the God. The marathon continues. Million while you're young, Nipsey Hustle, off victory lap. Going into the break, we are still recapping 30 Talks, One Year of Existence, and on the first installment, we talked about, for the most part, the Holy Trinity and the origin of the Holy Trinity, and I thought that was important for my first installment because I wanted people to understand where I was coming from with the information and what I wanted people to expect when they tuned into my platform to hear me, excuse me, as I adjust myself, I wanted them to give a... I wanted to give a better understanding or an initial understanding or an inaugural understanding of what 30 Talk was all about. And I got to give a shout out to my man, Storm. He um, he pushed me in that direction. He was like, yo, you dropping these jams on IG, bro. You need to open up a platform. And I was like, for real? I don't even got shit to talk about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know what I want to address. Like, I just be talking about whatever's on my mind at the time. And he was like, run with that. See how. See how that makes you feel. See where you go from there. And then I had another excuse. I was like, well, I don't even know where to record. And then he sent me like three apps. (laughs) So he already knew or he had an idea of what I could do for myself. That's why I always encourage people to have a support team around them. Because it's always, well, it's nice to have people around you that have the same ideas. But it's also good to have people around you that know how to generate ideas. And to create so my support team is full of creators, educators, wellness coaches, you feel me? Motivators, influencers, influencers if that's how you say it, told you I got a problem with all words. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I choose to surround myself with because that's the type of lane that I want to be in. But I also have to understand that there's multiple ways of traveling in that lane. So on the first installment, we were talking about... The Holy Trinity, if you want to check it out for yourself, it's probably only 15 minutes, because I actually recorded my first installment in my classroom during my planning period. I think it was like a Thursday. And I had second period off. It was an hour. I had about 30 minutes left. I took 15 minutes of that to record my first installment. And when I when I heard myself speaking, I was like, damn, I sound pretty good. And I don't sound nervous. Because <laughs> I was nervous as shit. kill." And... I ain't had no music. I ain't had no script. I didn't have my little phrases that I have now. I ain't had none of that. It was just, it was just, it was the, uh, the pilot episode, you know? And we kicked it. People loved it. It's in the hundreds of listens, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the upward hundreds of listens now with my first installment. So that just showed me that even coming out swinging, even if I was going to miss the ball, I was going to get my best swing. If I don't hit a home run, that's fine. But if I get on base, that's all I need because I'm going to make it home eventually. You feel me? So with the first installment, we talked about the Holy Trinity. And sometimes, well, more often than none, when we look at the Holy Trinity, we think of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so when I think of that and I think of the Holy Trinity, I don't see any aspects of the, of the, divine, of the divine feminine energy. Excuse me, getting a little excited. But yes, when I look at the Holy Trinity, I do not see any resemblance of the divine feminine energy. Some people will say that's the Holy Spirit, well, okay, then why not just call it the woman? Because in Anglo-Saxon, Catholic, Roman Catholic, you know, and those types of you know, entities or however you choose to define religion, they don't really pay homage to the woman. You know, it's it was uh, that's where pedophilia comes from if you want to be honest. The uh, the father and the son you know, Father Father John Pope Francis touching on little Johnny and them. Unfortunately, I'm not I'm not trying to make light of the situation. I'm just trying to bring into contextual. I'm trying to make it contextual based on how we practice certain faith based faith based practices, and we don't necessarily understand the origin from which they come from. So then, in, in that installment, I kind of referred to Dr. Ray Hagen and who I got the information from initially, and he was just breaking down up. Excuse me. He was just breaking down the fact that if it's a holy trinity, where's why isn't it there? praise to the woman who actually brings life into this world? Because a father and a son cannot bring in a child, regardless of how hard they try. And if you want to say the Holy Spirit, if that's what you want to delegate the woman, then why not just give praise to the woman? Because if we look at our ancient comedic practices or our ancient comedic sciences, it is father, mother, child. That is what creates a true trinity because the father and the mother comes together to create the child. That is also when we take a step deeper, we have the Christian cross and we have the African or the Kemetic unk. When you see the two differences between those symbols, the cross looks like a lowercase T. Whereas when you look at an unk, it looks like, um, how can I say? Instead of it looking like a T, it has a bow at the top. It's a connection at the top. So the connection at the top stems down to create what is called the branches, which is then connected to the staff. The bow at the top of the unk represents the womb. The The branches, the extension that goes left and right of the unk represents the child. And the staff or the phallus that is entering into the womb or at the top of the unk creates that child or that branch. So when we look at the unk, that is what the true Holy Trinity should symbolize because it represents the father the mother and the child, and not the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's just kind of what I tapped into. If you want to listen to that installment, it's called 30 Talk. You know, It's my inaugural installment. I felt, as though, I felt as though that was important because once I heard that information, I was like, whoa, then what are we doing out here? And that's just one aspect of how we look at the faith practices that we have and how we choose to deliver that information. And just to stay on it for about another second or two, and I, when I think about all of Dr. Ray Hagan's um, interviews or sermons that he gave on YouTube, just type, just type in Dr. Ray Hagan, Hagen, H-A-G-I-N-S. And he was a former Christian pastor who turned over to comedic and African-based practices, spirituality, and he just debunks everything that he learned in missionary school. And which is great because if you can hear it, quote unquote, from the horse's mouth, I don't know how much more evidence that you need. But also another individual that I turn to for information who still practices Christianity. Um, he still practices Christi- Christianity, um, Dr. William Barber II. Now, like I said here at 30 Talk, I'm not here to berate on anybody's belief. I just want pe- I just encourage people to do the history and the fact checking on whatever practice that they choose to practice. Because you wouldn't go to a car dealership and buy the first car that the dealer gave you. So don't buy the first faith practice that Big Mama and them handed down to you. That's all I'm saying. At least do your own due diligence to find out the nuances that was left out in the initial process of us receiving that type of information. But Dr. William Barber, he still practices Christianity. He's still a pastor in a Christian church, I believe, in Texas somewhere. But he's, he's delivering that information where it's like, yo... What are we talking about? He looks at it from American history aspect going into how I got the information for tonight's conversation. He um, he broke the information down for me in a manner that made me understand that, yo, we got to get our shit in order. The history is right here in front of us. Once we study the history, we will have America's game plan. On the other side of this break, we're going to continue with this conversation. I told you this one's going to be a music-based platform or music-based installment tonight, because we have Don't Mute DC, they're really trying to get rid of my music, well not my music, but the music that I grew up with that I consider my own, Yeah, me. me, we're going to get into that on the other side of this break, oh, excuse me, I, I got to cue the song up, but um, yes, this is BYB as always, and we're going to let them rock out. This is The Dipper, uh-uh, The Dipper. Yes, sir. You know that. Now, that was probably like if you got like an older cousin or you're like your uncle, your uncle that was like 10 or 12 years older than you, that's what they was probably playing in their room when you was downstairs playing Sega. But it's nothing like it. You know what I'm saying? And go-go in particular for this area, if you grew up in the Maryland, D.C. area, for individuals who are not from there, from here, um, it's a staple. It's a cornerstone. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's um, it's in our blood. It's in our DNA. And to try to take that away from a city just because you just supplanted yourself into that city, you know what I'm saying? That's selfish. Just like the opposition to try to claim something to be theirs just within five months or five years of being there. You know what I'm saying? They didn't nurture it. They didn't grow it. They waited till it was shit to try to buy it and to make it, make it its own instead of enriching the people that was there initially to make it better for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why this free rant in particular is important because I have to also give, pay homage to the legends of the go-go culture. Chuck Brown, you know what I'm saying? All the, all the individuals my mother used to listen to, E, U, and M. You know what I'm saying? Going until like when I was younger listening to bands, it was Big G. It was, it was Rare Essence. It was Groovers. It was Junkyard. You know what I'm saying? It was It was those bands who was generating the sound for us. That we can cherish, that we can hold on to. And it was great to see that the petition that they had individuals sign actually worked because I, I had to sign the petition myself. I love GoGo. I said it on one of my other installments. Um, it was a time when I wasn't even listening to rap music. You know what I'm saying? And I think it was just what GoGo music meant to us. It was all days, we are one, you feel me, shooters, all those brands. Hobo, sabiato, you see, what I'm saying like that was a, that was an extension of the go go culture. Like they created their own brand of clothes. We create we we created our own brand of clothes. We created our own brand of music, and we created a lifestyle. In a sense, that's what a community is, and we all seem to do that around go go music. Now, just like anything, it, it involved a lot of nigga shit, <laughs> but. At the end of the day, you went in there to get put on. You wanted your hood to get stamped. You wanted to see a badge on you. They was in there busting it open and twerking. Before bust it open and twerking and bust down was... TCB was talking about bust it, bust it. You know what I'm saying? That was 08. That was 05. You get what I'm saying? So it's like for them to try to remove that from our area is ridiculous. And I had to go to the Washington Post. And this is from April 10th. The... The headline is, the music will go on. Go-Go returns days after a complaint silenced a D.C. store. That D.C. store is the Metro PCS store that is on the corner of Florida and 7th. And everybody know that when you're coming down Florida to get to U Street, or if if you're going to Shaw, you know what I'm saying, wherever the case may be, if you're going to U Street Station, you will pass that music. You will hear that music. You will hear that sound, the original culture of our city. And it got so crazy that, the T, uh, that T-Mobile's chief executive, John Legere, Laguerre, John Laguerre said that the music should not stop in D.C. And um, I'm going to read his quote. He says, T-Mobile and MetroPCS are proud to be a part of the Shaw community. The music will go on and our, di- and our dealer will work with the neighborhoods to compromise the volume. Continuing, I have looked into the issue myself. And the music should not stop in DC. T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile are proud to be a part of the Shaw community, X, Y, and Z. So, like, that just shows the power of the people. When we can actually come together as a brotherhood, sisterhood, as a union, and not off not off some Negro shit, off some quote unquote black people shit. You know what I'm saying? Where I hate when people always try to identify everything that's going wrong. Excuse me. Everything that's going wrong in society, they blame it on the influences of hip hop or quote unquote urban culture as if we don't have such a positive influence on damn near everything else that goes on on this planet. You get what I'm saying? And it throws me off a little bit, a lot of bit (laughs) when I think about it, because excuse me, as I turn my pages, it throws me off a lot of it because it shows me that we still have a lot of maturing to do. We still have a lot of growing to do. But this also showed me that at this moment, this very moment in history or in huh, D.C. culture history, they tried to take away a stable from us and we didn't allow them to do that. We um, we stood on our own. We stood together as a community. And we said, no, you're not going to take away our music. We're not going to allow you to pretend as if this wasn't here before you got here and it's going to be here long after you leave. I'm talking about the colonizers, you hear me? the gentrifiers, the white fragilitists. You understand we we can't call them white supremacy anymore because they ain't nothing supreme about their behavior. So I felt that was just dope to shout out, being seeing as though that I'm from the DMV more so the Maryland side, you know. Shout out, shout out Silver Spring, <laughs> but uh, you know that's just how it is. Also, since the time we've been apart, I had did an installment. I think it was called to um, each one teach one, and on each one teach one, I was referring to. Dr. Martin Luther King's, Dr. Martin Luther King, the God's last speech he gave before he passed. And that speech was entitled Beyond Vietnam. And ironically enough, he gave that speech on April 4th, 1967, and he was assassinated April 4th, 1968. Because the power in which that speech was delivered and what he was relaying in that message and what he was doing within his last year of life, the opposition realized a shift in his mind and a shift in his growth. And they had to try to neutralize that just like they have to neutralize everything else. The latest the latest installment of that injustice will be Nipsey Hustle. Then I see stuff on the internet saying that his killer committed suicide. How convenient. You get me? How fucking convenient. So now I don't even want to get into speculation because it won't get me off task. But see how they do your gods. <clears throat> I apologize. See how they do your melanated messiahs. They crucify you in front of your own people. They crucify you in front of your own store. And then we don't even get justice for the individuals who took such a great life. And you have the nerve to say conspiracy theory. It should have been a conspiracy enough when he got a lawyer that helped. That did not. I'm sorry. didn't help, but didn't get OJ convicted. So obviously he can't, he didn't do his sole purpose for the white man in the first place. Why do you think he's going to do his job now? This is what we're dealing with, people, neither here nor there. But yes, ironically, we, we are in the month of April. So I have to not celebrate the demise of the king, but just show how he gave a speech April 4th, 1967 and ended up dying April 4th, 1968. And in the installment, you can refer to an individual by the name of William Pepper, Dr. William Pepper. He wrote a book. He was the lawyer that helped get Dr. Nathan. Excuse me, because I'm getting a little frustrated. He was the lawyer that helped the King family prove that the government not only killed Martin Luther King, but tried to cover it up and got paid handsomely for it. So, and if you don't believe me, use the Internet. And if you don't want to believe the Internet, listen to my installment, Each One Teach One. And I go through that information quite thoroughly. I'm not going to do that tonight. I just want to read a few clips from Martin Luther King's last speech, which he gave April 4th, 1967. And ironically, that's the day before 30 Talk's birthday, April 4th, 2018. We are taking the black youth and I quote, we are taking the black young men who have been crippled by our society and sending them 8,000 miles away to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia, which they have not found in Southwest Georgia or East Harlem. He also said in this this speech, a time comes when silence is betrayal. Martin Luther King could no longer sit back and allow the opposition to give this nonviolent approach to the civil rights movement of the 1960s. He realized that yes, we might want the same equality as the opposition, but we want it on our own accord. We don't want the crumbs from your loaf. We want to make our own bread so we can feed ourselves. You see what I'm saying? And that wasn't the original message that Dr. Martin Luther King was delivering. So they had to, you know, eradicate him from the situation, unfortunately. Um, Last quote from his speech. Like I said, if you want to hear this in its totality, you can listen to my Each One Teach One installment. I know that I could, never raise, I could never again raise my voice against the violence of the oppressed in the ghetto without first speaking to the greatest proprietor of violence in the world today, my own government. So here we are. He already knew that nonviolence was no longer the approach. That was null and void, some would say. Because at this point, we've realized that what we've done thus far hasn't been working. And yet they're using us for manpower. They're using us as goddamn tools of war. You see me? They're they're not utilizing us in our best fashion. They're utilizing us in the fashion that's best suited for them. Excuse me, and that's just unfortunate. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into the conversation. And I have to accredit this conversation to... Dr. William Barber II, he is a Christian pastor out of Texas. Definitely check him out on YouTube. The brother got power. He got bangers. He got a presence. And we have to give the roses to the individuals that are still here being able to pass down knowledge to us. Our elders, our OGs, the individuals who have our best interests at heart. Not the ones that the opposition gives us. We have to find our own leaders. As I find this song, excuse me, good family. I want to go to one good point about that. A lot of times we look to the appointed leaders that the government gives us. We have to start second-guessing that. Melanated people is the only people in this country that look at celebrities for political advice. I mean, with understanding that we don't necessarily or can't necessarily or sometimes it's hard to trust the politicians that are in place. But we damn sure shouldn't be turning to no motherfucking celebrity whose, whose sole purpose was to make music about a lifestyle that they no longer live. To keep us in a hamster wheel while they're living the life. A lot of the rappers that we listen to are the ones talking about this, that, and the third. But they're going to the, their mansion. They're going to the Turks and Caicos every other weekend. <laughs> and your motherfucking ass out there in the curb on the curb slinging still in 2019. What's going on here? And I'm not judging anybody's path. I'm just saying that we can move a little different if we wanted to. We can have an understanding if we wanted to. So stop looking to these motherfucking leaders, these, these, uh, you know what I'm saying? This celebrity worship is a little out of hand, bro. It's out of hand. I can't take it. I can't take it. But on the other side of this break, we're going to have a conversation. This is T.O.B. Take me there. Yes, that was T.O.B. I believe they performed out there on U Street. I think it was a Tuesday right when it was um, promoting the permit, uh, permission, promoting the petition to make sure that the music continues to play out of that T-Mobile store on 7th and Florida. And um, yeah, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Um, so, yes, going into tonight's conversation. Excuse me if I got a little loud. I just got a little too excited. So this conversation, like I said, was brought to my attention from an individual by the name of Dr. William Barber II. He had given a speech in October of 18, and it just stuck with me. And ironically, the day that I found his speech, that very same day, I think it was April 9th, PBS had um, a documentary on this same topic. And the topic is Reconstruction. And Reconstruction has been bought or been resurfaced, I should say, because Reconstruction was the pivotal point in America or the pivotal point where America could have changed the course of history. We find ourselves asking questions that we don't have the answers to, not because we didn't pay attention in history classes, because history class didn't present this information to the melanated in particular on why we still have these questions. So Reconstruction was basically the time after the Civil War. And following the Civil War, President Johnson, because as you know, President Johnson, President Johnson got became president because Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. So following the Civil War, President Johnson was impeached and the 14th and 15th Amendment were passed, granting blacks the same rights as citizenship, suffrages and protection under the law as whites. And. And I believe this lasted from 1865 to 1872. And Reconstruction was just, you know, the time where Negroes were no longer slaves under the law, but how they were treated in society was just still ultra crazy. And our ancestors couldn't understand that now that you're telling us free, we're still getting treated as if we're still in bondage. And we can't do X, Y, and Z because... Uh, Master such-and-such or Mr. such-and-such Isn't allow us to move freely under the law As you guys have granted us But as time went on We used our rights effectively As our ancestors were strong enough to do And with the new rights The melanated Americans Elected the first black senator Hiram, Hiram H-R-A-M Rose Revels Rose R-H, Rose Revels R-E-V-E-L-S R-E-V-E-L-S in 1870, and established the first public schools in the South for African Americans. So during, um, during Reconstruction, this was the time where the Melanated was trying to find their way in America now as free citizens, still be considered three-fifths of a person at this time, but nonetheless, they were still trying to utilize the rights that were finally granted to them. They, were finally, they could finally be considered human beings. And during the Reconstruction age, there was um, a program that was put in place called the Freemans Bureau. And the Freemans Bureau was established by Congress to provide practical aid to the newly freed 4 million slaves in America from 1865 to 1872. And all this information you can find on the Internet. Like I said on my previous installments, we can self-educate ourselves. And we once we find one ripple we will start to unravel. You know what I'm saying? We will start to unravel the truth. We will start to unravel the hidden nuances that were kept from us. Because during Reconstruction was a time where any president, the presidents that we've still been electing, could have spoken up, could have said something on the behalf of the Melanated, and they didn't. Because still to this day, they look to us as property or less than nothing. Look how they treat us. I just seen a young girl get thrown down the stairs at a Chicago public school because she wouldn't put her cell phone away. I seen the one black shorty apologize and melanated shorty get harassed by the police when she was the one who called the police because she was being harassed by a white person. So, like, here we are still asking these questions when in 1865, when we were supposed to get freedom, when the 14th and 15th Amendment were passed, we were supposed to have equal rights under the law. Yet we're still asking the question, why America got to do us like that? You know what I'm saying? Why this corporation got to act like that? Whatever the case may be. Um, the Freemansboro was a program that was headed by General Oliver O. Howard. Um, the Bureau might be termed the first federal welfare agency. Well, sorry, cause I told you these R words, man. Flip. <laughs> first welfare agency. Um, despite the handicaps and the inadequacies and the inadequacy funded, Excuse me, because I'm just getting so excited. Because <laughs> I want to say so much, but I want to make sure that I'm delivering the information effectively. Despite handicaps of inadequate funds and poorly trained and staffed personnel, the Bureau built hospitals, provided medical aid to, met, to the majority of slaves and poor white people. Because we have to remember that there was a lot of individuals in the South after the Civil War who were poor, poor whites. So, you know, here in America, you still can't pass one law that helps, helps the melanated without passing a law that helps everybody else. That's why we have this term minority now. The minorities jumped on the back of the civil rights movement and all the other movements that solely plagued melanated people. But everybody else felt as though that they were feeling the same oppressions as the melanated were when they weren't. They were just more lazier. You know what I'm saying? I know I use uh, improper English right there. They were lazier. They had opportunities. They had what we didn't have and still did nothing with it. That's why D.L. Hughley said something that I thought was so profound. He said, when I see homeless white people on the street, I just I just think that they did not use their white privilege correctly uh, to that effect. They was like, um, <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, I ain't never given a homeless, a white homeless person money. <laughs> they didn't utilize their white privilege. And even though it's a joke and it's funny, if you think about it, it's like, you know, we have to work two times as hard just to be two steps behind. And yet... There's individuals out here who don't utilize or don't realize that the opposition doesn't have their best interest at heart. And instead of combining with the melanated or the destitute to uplift ourselves as a unit instead of still thinking that your poor ass is better than me because you white. I, I hate that. Them trailer parks, not all. You know? But them underbellies, you know what I'm saying? They just swear as though. They just swear as though. Don't let me get off task. But um, there were some great accomplishments that the Freemans that the Freemansboro did accomplish. Um, more than a thousand mother Native schools were built and a four hundred thousand dollar fund was spent on teaching, training and instructions um, among the HBCUs that funded um, some. Excuse me. When I get so excited, I stumble family. It's just like and this is information that I found within the last four days. Quick backdrop. Whenever I get new information, I always try to disseminate it as soon as I get it. I don't ever want to seem as if that I'm as if that I'm hoarding the information. I'm trying to just make it better for me. I'm trying to make it better for all of us. And the reconstruction is something that we have to study to make sure not to make sure to get a better understanding of how exactly the laws are written in 1865 and how those same laws are being practiced in 2019. But the HBCUs that benefited from the Freeman's Bureau Act of 1865 to 1872 was Clark Atlanta, Fisk University, Howard University, Hampton University, and the list goes on. Those are just colleges that I figure people normally go to or normally heard of. Um, the Bureau's own courts were poorly organized. So when it came to civil rights and it came to justice under the law, that's where the Freeman Bureau, the Freeman Bureau fumbled for the melanated people. Um, once President Johnson allowed the schools to be built, once the same individuals who were running the program started coming to him with civil laws, civil laws and civil acts, he acted as if he didn't want to hear that shit. <laughs> and the PBS documentary, and you can find it on YouTube and you can find it on the PBS.org website. Just type in Reconstruction Era. You know, come right up. It's a very good look for individuals who are trying to learn, trying to better themselves. President Johnson was like, yo, we we can't we can't we can't give these these uh sharecroppers any land. You know, the Confederate soldiers worked for it, X, Y, and Z, that was his excuse. But what happened was it was that quick thought. The Republican Party did a, lot, did a lot more for melanated people in the 1860s, early 1900s than we are taught in America. We think that the Democratic Party has our best interests at heart. Now, knowing that it was the Republican Party that actually, quote unquote, gave slaves freedom, that actually, quote unquote, gave us this Freeman, Freemansboro. But what happened was, is that they didn't have enough represent, representatives in Congress and in Senate. So what President Johnson did was he made a deal with the Confederacy saying that we'll put your people in place. Um, and and by us putting your people in place, or by us giving up seats, we won't give the melanated people land. So you want your seats, how can I say this? You want your seats, you do for us, you do for them. You know what I'm saying? Um you wash, you wash our back, we wash yours, for lack of better terms. You know what I'm saying? And I might not have said that in the best way. I just know that the government worked against us like they always do. That's why we don't get our forty acres in a mule because the individual that was fighting for it didn't get that granted. Because what he say, what they read, what I read, he said that the President Johnson wasn't with it. That the Confederate soldiers deserved it more, for lack of better terms. You can find all this in the, you can find all this information on the internet. And um, less success. Last note excuse me for rambling, um, less success was achieved in civil rights. The, bureau, the Bureau's own courts were poorly organized and short-lived. The most notable failure was the land distribution. And that's just, that's just a piece of it, good family. That's just a quick excerpt of what I want you guys to do on your own as far as homework on the Reconstruction Age. I want you guys to, I want you guys to look into that information. I want you guys to understand that information. I want you guys to understand that the government has been doing this for a long period of time, and all they're doing is taking the old laws that they had written in the early eighteen—I'm sorry—in the late eighteen hundreds, eighteen sixty-five to be exact, because that's when slavery was supposed to be over, right, or have ended. So, yeah, just take time to look into Reconstruction. Other than that, keep your head up. I am your host, him, not them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, we got to start doing research. This is the God, Nipsey Hustle. Face the world.
1: Yeah, it's your life, you can play with it. You make your bed, you gon' lay in it. Do your things, be safe with it. Triple bucks in the state prison. Blue laces in my blue chucks. I ain't never gave two bucks, BT I chumped the hood up, asking if that nigga nip hood what, like I wouldn't take it to the back with you, same nigga walk the track with you, same nigga shot a strap with you, same nigga bought a sack with you, 19 touching two birds.